here we are, Locked On NFL Thursday edition. It's going to be a Twitter Thursday. We'll get into some of those questions from our Twitter audience. I am Brian Peacock alongside the Scout Mad Williamson. You can find this podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya. You can find us and all of the shows here on the network just about anywhere. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Matt at Williamson NFL. And you don't have to wait for us to send out a tweet asking for questions. You can always hit me or Matt up anytime on Twitter. Just say hi, shoot a question for the show, and we might even just throw one in on a random episode, not on a purely Twitter episode that today will mostly be. Uh, Matt, there were no trades today for the first time in, <laughs> or yesterday for the first time in, in a few days. It's, uh, there's still some rumors out there. I've seen some names like Leonard Williams, Vic Beasley getting added to the list. Uh, in addition to the players we had talked about yesterday, if you didn't hear yesterday's show, go back and check it out. We broke down some of the most recent trades and also looked at some projected trades that we would like to happen. Um, I'm no, I don't know your thoughts there. If you're, if you're the Jets, we talked about how Sam Darnold, you want to protect him. And so you don't really want to mess up the offensive line too bad, even though they're not playing great right now. And uh, going back and watching some of that Monday Night Football game, as it, as is usually the case, it wasn't all on Sam Darnold. There was some major breakdowns on the offensive line, and it was like, what are you guys doing? What's going on? There's a free rusher coming off the edge. Sam Darnold points at the free rusher, yells, 58, block that guy. The only guy that doesn't get blocked is the guy that Sam Darnold's pointing at and yelling at him to block. <laughs> I mean, he's not making good throws, but what are you going to do there? But uh, Leonard Williams on the defensive side of the ball, you know, he's not a pass catcher. He's not a blocker. It doesn't really affect Darnold. Long-term plans. You drafted Quinn and Williams. I like the Leonard Williams trade idea. Yeah, free agent at the end of the year. That's the obvious key. He's been a really good, solid, underrated player for the Jets, really, since entering the league. A lot of people thought he was the best player in that draft class coming out. He doesn't affect the passing game quite as much as you'd like from an elite player, but he's powerful. He's a very, very solid guy, versatile. You can align him in a lot of different spots. I don't know. I mean, from a Jets perspective, I'd want a fair amount because I would be interested in maybe franchising him, you know, so he doesn't get away. You did draft Quinnen who we have every reason to still think is a potentially great player. We just haven't seen much of him because of injuries. But that would be a nice pairing. I mean, I look at that defense specifically and think what they need the most are edges. And what I mean by that are edge pass rushers corner. You know, up the middle with that pair of safeties and Mosley, Williams and Williams, they're awfully good when they're healthy. They haven't been very healthy yet. And they need to find, you know, edge players. They need to find offensive linemen this offseason. And if trading Williams can help you accomplish those things, I'm all ears and, you know, obviously in probably the return of some sort of draft pick. But he's not a just dump, give him away Emmanuel Sanders type of deal either. I need more than that because I would consider franchising him, and I think the Jets have a lot of cap. Yeah, they got, they've got cap room to add people. They can uh, attack it in the draft. And when you have your quarterback, it's a nice feeling, and they believe they do, and I think they have their quarterback yeah. there. Help him out. They can get those players on offense around him. They can get some edge guys, like you said, on defense, those athletes that are coming off the edge to harass quarterbacks at cornerback. And uh, you can see in the not-too-distant distant future how 
the Jets could be a pretty good team. And we've seen flashes on beat the Cowboys. And you just have to wonder if Gase is the guy there. That would be my only question. I would question that more than Darnold or anything else because I think personnel-wise, I think they're in the right direction. And you could see how in, in the in next year or two, they could be a pretty darn good football team. Any chance Gase is one and done? Yeah, I've wondered that. And there's a few coaches around the league. And, and it's really hard for a first-year head coach to really get the program going. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing it firsthand in San Francisco with the 49ers. And if you based your thoughts on on John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan after 2017 and 2018, you'd want those guys gone. But uh, they stuck around, and it, it, sometimes it takes a while to get your program going. And now things are looking really good for the unbeaten 49ers. Adam Gase has already had one shot in Miami. Things are starting to not look too different in New York. Uh, but, you know, if, if you believe in a guy enough to hire him, it's hard for me to to think that you would want to fire him after one year. you got to give somebody a shot if you believe they're good enough to hire in the first place. And didn't Luke Falk start five games or four games? You know, like, <laughs> I'm not true. sure Vince Lombardi pulls a whole lot more out of that. No, that's a great point. I want to stay in the division here. Our first Twitter question is about the Patriots, and it's from our guy, Go Pat, so not surprising he wants to talk Patriots. And this is an interesting question. Seems to pop up a lot, and there are now, again, new rumors going around. Uh, he says, hey, Matt and Brian, do you guys give any credence to the rumor that this is Tom's final season in Foxborough? If so, what team would want him and who replaces him? Is Stidham the heir apparent? Thanks, guys. How do you well, feel about Stidham, first of all? I like him a lot. Um, let's rewind one second because things changed from 24 hours ago. We didn't know when we recorded yesterday that Josh Gordon was no longer going to be in the picture. Yes. So makes this a new thing add up even more. You know, that that's one more right. shoe that we didn't know that dropped. I hadn't heard anything about this being Brady's last year. I mean, my man Go Pats is stout in, don't get me wrong. But he by by, the, by listening to this question, he implied that Brady's not retiring, that they're parting ways. Is that am I reading that yeah, right? That's and I I saw some rumblings of that I think it was yesterday on Twitter a couple of things and I was thinking and you, I, you see it so much and you know you, it's hard to buy into to that idea but at some point Brady's going to be done uh, but I can't see Belichick and Brady parting ways from each other unless they really do seriously hate each other or something like that but why mm -hmm. would they split up unless one of them retires then it's like okay let's let's try something else uh, there's the contract situation it's possible that Brady could go somewhere else Maybe he just wants to try something new. I don't know. It's the, it's an interesting idea. Uh, I don't know how real that idea is, but where where would he go? Maybe he goes to something like Chicago and, and saves them and fixes them. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's worth talking about, I guess, because it would make a lot more sense if Jimmy was still there and it was a Steve Young, Montana situation where there was an obvious heir apparent and, you know, Aaron Rodgers is waiting in the wings. And Jimmy's not exactly Steve Young or Aaron Rodgers. That's not what I mean. But, I mean, a clear starting quarterback on the roster, even Brissett. Um, I like Stidham a lot. And I liked him a lot at Auburn. But, man, I did not think that scheme helped him at all. And when he got drafted by the Pats, my radar went up. I mean, it was spinning out of control. I'm like, wow, there he's going to be a much better pro than college player. And we saw that quite a bit in the preseason, and I don't like to overreact to the preseason. But I think there's a chance he's the next Brissett, Jimmy, starting somewhere before long, maybe the heir apparent in New England. 
As for Brady, I mean, like, my first thoughts are, man, don't be Joe Namath with the Rams. You know, I don't, you know, Willie Mays with the Mets. You know, it, it could go drastically wrong. You know, like, I'm sitting here thinking, boy, he was a huge Niners fan. Maybe he'd like to go out west and play one more year, win the whole thing in his hometown, you know, and do something like that if Jimmy doesn't work out. Or Chicago, like you mentioned. But as great as he is, there's just so much room for error there. I mean, of course he'll demand respect, but it'll be a short amount of time to try to establish a Patriots-like accountability and culture. And he has declining skill set because he's a very old man for the position. I would be really hesitant and just as a football fan, wouldn't really want to see him go somewhere else. Okay, I actually have some more thoughts on this subject. We've got to get to some other Twitter questions as well coming up. This podcast is brought to you in part by MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Bet with the best at MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Use promo code Locked On to activate a special offer. When it comes to, at some point, the eminent... Brady departure from New England, and maybe that's five years from now. Maybe it's when he's 50, right? I would have thought that twenty after the 2017 season, rather than trading Garoppolo at the deadline, that would have been a more likely time to move on from Tom Brady because, like right. you mentioned, your heir apparent is in-house, and there, there was a, a, a clock ticking for a decision to be made, and with how old Brady was getting, it, it seemed like a more natural time than right now because we still don't even know as much about Stidham as we knew about Brissett and we've known about Garoppolo before they left the Pats. So for that reason, it doesn't make a lot of sense. For Brady, you tarnish your legacy, you go somewhere else, you don't win. Now Bill Belichick, it was all him all this time. Uh, right. Right. Brady goes somewhere else and wins. The Pats get worse because you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback anymore. Now it was all Brady and not Belichick. So I just don't see how any of those guys would be okay with any of those scenarios happening. But who knows? I guess it's it's still a possibility. And by the way, Brissett in great position to make the playoffs right now with his team, Garoppolo and Brady, the only unbeatens in the NFL right now. So uh, maybe it's a QB factory over there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forget what I was going to say on that matter, but I oh, you mentioned when Jimmy left. I mean, to me, that was the time to do it. Right. And I also think there's a good chance if there is a riff, that's when it occurred. Because I do know for a fact that Belichick was enthralled with, with Jimmy. That it, it really hurt him to give up on him, to, ha- to have him leave the building. Didn't get a ton in return. Clearly shopped him somewhere where he didn't have to see him often. And I think, the, I'm not, I mean, this is speculation, but I think Belichick maybe would have made the Steve Young move if it was totally up to him and yep. ownership and stuff weren't in the way. Yes, everything that I've been able to gather there with the Garoppolo, New England situation, definitely get that same vibe. So our buddy Tom on Twitter has a good question. He says, I'm going to Bengals at Rams here at Wembley on Sunday. How fun. Is there... A talented Bengal to keep an eye out for. <laughs> That's a rough question. Apologies to Bengals fans out there. Tom just crushing your whole franchise. Is there one Bengal worth watching for Tom Sunday? I mean, the obvious one to me is Joe Mixon, but not only is he doing zero for, 
you know, on a game to game basis, his blocking's bad and you hate him if he's on your fantasy team right now. But his snap counts are dwindling now, too. Like, they're playing him less. Tyler Boyd wouldn't be somebody I would say is super talented, but he's a quality player. But he's been struggling with drops and lack of production the last few weeks. Geno Atkins, sure. Um, Lawson, the defensive end, sure. It's a good group of corners, but they're hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're um, so banged up, too. Lawson's been banged up. A lot of the guys right. you'd want to see. I would, If I was there, I'd probably have my binoculars on the sideline looking for A.J. Green just to see how he's moving around because I'm interested <laughs> if he is going to be healthy enough to be traded by Tuesday. And uh, he's been warming up on some of the games. I don't know if he'll even make the trip since he's one of the hurt players. But um, A.J. Green, look out for him if he's running around maybe pregame, warming up, see how he's moving because it seems like he's getting very close. But I don't think he's going to push it to get on the field for the Bengals, but maybe he would for another team. Yeah, and I was fielding this question, I apologize if this isn't what you meant, as somebody overseas that's new to the game that doesn't know a lot of the top dudes, the Rams certainly have some top dudes. I mean, they're like this top-heavy of rosters you ever want to see if you just want to watch talent. They've got plenty. But the Bengals, besides Miami, might be the worst watch in the league right now, although tonight's team's not so great either. Right, yeah, and we will get to that Thursday night preview uh, but yeah, the Bengals and I saw them firsthand in week two against the 49ers. Yeah, a mess, a mess up front. And uh, there's a few gems on that team. And you feel bad for those guys because that team is is not playing well and not not going anywhere. And we mentioned how the Jets, they don't have a great record, but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel there. You don't really see that with the Bengals. Uh, they got to rebuild some stuff. Yeah, and I guess one thing to potentially look at, I don't know, maybe it's a little early, but I think Finley's going to be behind center at some point. Right. I think you got to try that. See what you got. And maybe mm-hmm. that's because they trade Dalton in the next week or so. Maybe. But probably not. I just, yeah, the Bengals, what are you doing? I, I Their front office is so weird. I, it feels like they're not going to sell, even though it would be the obvious move. I, I don't know what's going on there. Stubborn. Let's go to Steven. He says, it feels like the Vikings D is no longer nearly as good as it used to be. Is that true? Why? And how can they improve? I think that is true. I think they've collectively started to show a little age, you know, that maybe Everson Griffin, Linvel Joseph, um, Smith, particularly the corners, and I'll get to them in a minute, are reaching the end of their prime as opposed to being in their prime all at the same time. They had a lot of guys about the same age. I still think the Neil Hunter is maybe the most underrated defensive lineman in the league and is still a phenomenal player that doesn't get that kind of recognition often enough. But if you notice their draft history, and this goes for Zimmer when he was defense coordinator with the Bengals, put a premium on the cornerback position. And Xavier Rhodes is a poster child for this, but their corners have really let them down this year. The, the window in the NFL is so short sometimes, yeah. and players' careers and their peaks happen so fast at the blink of an eye. And we're seeing it in Denver, actually, with the Broncos. They were the best defense, one of the best defenses in the league. They still had those rushers coming into the season. They still had Chris Harris. He thought, okay, even though you lose Vic Fangio, it's going to be a really good defense, and they'll be able to uh, do enough on offense, and they'll be a competitive team. And it, it happens so fast, and guys fall off a cliff quickly and things change with coaching and it happens so fast and I think we're seeing very similar things happening there of just more talent total and and 
the the same coaching staff sticking around, I think, in Minnesota helps them a little bit more. So they're still playing good, but they're just not the powerhouse that they were for a while. And uh, yeah, Xavier Rhodes has been one of my favorite guys, not talked about nearly enough throughout the last, what, five, six years since he's been drafted. Uh, but yeah, starting to show some age, and he's a really big corner, so I, I would like to maybe see him at the end of his career be asked less to be a straight man corner, maybe go to one of these cover three teams where his length and his smarts, and he would be able to, I think, be dynamic for quite a while longer rather than be asked at his size to continue to lock guys down all over the field because I could see him, you know, just long-legged and, and that start to be a, a difficult situation for him, like Namdi Asamoah, you know, later in his career where yeah. it got hard when they spend a bunch of money on him. They're like, okay, you're going to cover the best guys. Like, ah, that's not really what his, his game is uh, anymore if it ever was. But um, yeah, I, I think they're still good enough to win a lot of games. Uh, I think they win tonight. We'll get to that. I think their offense is still dangerous. I think the defense is still well coached and there is star power there. And I bet it gets back on track to some degree, but you touched on something there that I, I like is the, those tall, high waisted, long limbed corners sometimes don't age well because, in general, they don't change directions well to begin with. And like offensive line, it's a very reactionary position. And if you can't swivel your hips, shift your hips, you know, get out of your brakes to keep up with the, you know, the jitterbug-type receivers, uh, the game can pass you by pretty quick, especially like you mentioned, if the scheme is asking you to be that type of guy. More Twitter Thursday coming up. This podcast is brought to you in part by Peloton. Can't find a workout that keeps you engaged? Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with our buddies at MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be gigantic. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Here's the best part. If you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand. That's double your initial deposit, and you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use our promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We've got a 49ers related question here from 49ers TOD on Twitter. With this new receiver from Denver, can he get at least 45 yards receiving a game? And will that have a big effect on George Kittle getting open? in your opinion. Uh, I, we've talked a lot about the addition of Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. And uh, I think, and I, they, I sense some frustration here from, from T-O-double-D. Yes, uh, Sanders can be that receiver for the 49ers that gets 45 yards receiving per game. And <laughs> they right. haven't had a lot of production on the outside. And I saw some stats about how 
Um, Emmanuel Sanders is top 10 in the league in catches outside the numbers the past couple of years. And the 49ers right now, I think, are 29th in the league as far as throwing the ball outside the numbers. So that should definitely help. I think there's a little bit on Garoppolo. Uh, A lot of people want to heap everything on Garoppolo. I think it's equal parts. You know, Garoppolo, Shanahan not trusting his receivers, not dialing up a lot of those plays, and then the receivers themselves. So uh, I like the move for the 49ers because it sends a message to the fan base. We're going for it to the rest of the locker room, we're going for it, and to the young receivers, look, there's only one starting position open now. Now you guys got to go fight for it. You got Marquise Goodwin, the veteran, fighting for that other spot. You've got Debo Samuel. You've got Dante Pettis. And so I think that's going to make them better as well. And we'll see how they use Sanders, because I think he could play any of the three wide receiver positions for the 49ers. Um, And as far as how it affects George Kittle, I don't think it does at all because I think Sanders would still be the second receiving option to George Kittle. But I think it'll be harder for teams to have a guy over the top of Kittle all the time if you have more of a threat on the outside and someone who can uh, can make a a current impact like Emmanuel Sanders can. I don't know how you feel about Sanders overall as a player. Uh, I know you talked a little bit about him yesterday, Matt, but uh, how big of an impact do you think Sanders could really have for the 49ers? I like the outside the number stats you had there. I mean, I think that certainly factors in this equation and something I hadn't thought of. Um, Kittle's going to be the one. Even his numbers are down a little bit. But, you know, is Sanders a 45 yards a game type receiver or better? Yes. I think that's pretty clear. Um, I think you hit it, though. I mean, this question is kind of a little whiny. (laughs) I mean, you guys are (laughs) undefeated tearing it up and you're unhappy because you don't have a fantasy number one receiver in this mix or whatever. I mean, they're going to spread the ball around. I mean, they're winning. The formula's working. They're beating teams heavily and then just running it down their throats. The question is when they need it, can they throw? We'll see. Um, I think he helps the equation though, in that regard for sure. And quit whining. (laughs) I, I love the way you put that, first of all. When you need it, can you throw? I think that's a big part of it. They haven't had to lean on the passing game, and they haven't had to lean on Garoppolo. At some point, if you're going to make a run, you're going to need the passing game to to carry the team to a victory. And so I think that's one of the things that Sanders helps you with. And if, if he makes one big play down the stretch or in the playoffs, or even if the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, every 49ers fan is going to be like, oh, thank goodness you spent a third uh, on on Emmanuel Sanders, and I would have given a first for that one play if it makes a huge impact. Right. And uh, yeah. and for 49ers fans out there that are nitpicking right now, just don't forget that last year at this time, the conversation was, should we replace C.J. Beathard with Nick Mullins at quarterback? <laughs> right, right. I mean, <laughs> things have changed quickly. Go ask a team playing tonight, Washington, you know, if they would take the, the Niners passing game. One more quick one before we get to that Thursday night game. Steven wants to know, is the Bears offense fixable without changing quarterbacks? I don't think. I mean, because the defense is still legit, and I do think the defense took a small step backwards, lost to Keem Hicks, lost Vic Fangio, amongst some other, you know, Callahan, Amos, those type of guys. So I don't think it's an elite defense. I think it's still a really good defense that just plays way too much defense. So that's obviously very helpful. And it looks like they're kicking games straightened out. I mean, that that's funny to me. I've heard a couple people talking this week that, remember when the Bears were only worried about getting a new kicker and everything would have been fixed? <laughs> you know, like, right. maybe they were ignoring the big problem here, you know, that the quarterback is a detriment. Besides Allen Robinson, the rest of the offense, 
isn't helping the situation. And he's one of my favorite players that I would imagine him anywhere else. That guy's had Bortles and Trubisky and at times when healthy has torn it up. I would love to see him 25 different cities. Side note there. Yeah, I mean, um, I wish we could go back in time and have Robinson signed with the 49ers. Wouldn't have to do the Sanders right. trade and everyone would have been a fix there. But I think it's a great point you mentioned. And I forgot the kicker thing that uh, that Chicago has <laughs> right. gone through over the last year. Uh, well, but need. to need a kicker, you got to be within three points. Yeah, right. And move the ball and get first downs. So, I mean, <laughs> right. things like that. Um, I don't think Trubisky's ever going to be good enough. I don't think Chase Daniel's good enough. Uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on Nagy to scheme it up, and that's his specialty. And we saw some of that work reasonably well last year. But I also think there's a, and this is just a hunch, but it sure feels like the Jags from the last couple of years or one of these teams where there's just no confidence in the offense, in the passing game, in the quarterback, and the defense starts to get restless. Hey, I'm doing my, I'm doing my job, and we're on the field all the time. You know, like that stuff wears thin. That's a really good one. This Chicago Bears team is starting to feel a lot like the Bortles Jaguars. Yeah. yeah. Thursday That's- night football. It is the Washington Redskins coming in at one and six. They're on the road in Minnesota to face the five and two Vikings. The Vikings are. Big-time favorites, as you would expect, 16.5 points uh, with Washington, even the great equalizer of the terrible monsoon-like weather and the wetness that happened with the 49ers and Redskins last week. They still weren't able to utilize that. They lost 9 nothing. Uh, this is a very tough task to ask them to go to Minnesota now and play the Vikings, who are playing their best football. 16.5 is a huge number, uh, but obviously there's a reason Vikings are favored big in this one. Yeah, and they're the much better team. I mean, that's pretty clear. That's too big a number for me, though. I I mean, I think McLaren against those corners we mentioned could do well. I'm not sure that any other receivers can exploit that situation. The defensive line, I think, for Washington is quite good. And while Minnesota's front is much, much better, it's still not great. And I read today, and I take pro football focus, sometimes with a grain of salt, sometimes not. I, I do go to their site often, and I, I like a lot of their dudes. But Quentin Dunbar, the the corner for Washington, is their number one ranked corner this year. Will he match up on Diggs with Thielen out and at least slow him down a little? I don't know how often we'll see that matchup. I don't think we'll see it a ton. I think he's more of a one side of the field guy and they can move Diggs around. So I do think Diggs has a big game. I think Cooks has, you know, Dalvin Cook has a big game. But, you know, the, the everyone's talking about it's a revenge game. You know, the Cousins versus Washington, Peterson versus the Vikes, Case Keenum versus <laughs> the Vikes. So, you know, I don't know how much I buy into that, but I could see this actually Cousins getting a little too revved up and maybe throw one to the other team that he wouldn't have, kind of who he is. So I think the Vikes control the game. You know, Dalvin Cook runs for a gazillion yards, but I don't think that they beat him by 17. Yeah, maybe some of those specific personalities are revved up and that changes the dynamic of this game a little bit. If you're looking for a path for a Redskins um, upset victory here, Thielen out, maybe a double digs, and mm-hmm. there, there's still some decent players there on that Redskins defense and their defensive line. Maybe they're able to uh, corral Cook 
a little bit and the ball bounces your way. Some big plays from Terry McLaurin and and Case Keenum's not playing terrible football for the Redskins. He's played their best quarterback of anybody who's taken snaps there. So, yeah, I, there's it's not crazy to think that there is a potential for an upset, even though this line is huge, which makes me think that the line is maybe a little bit too big. This seems like a huge number. I mean, it seems like it should be 10, 11 in that neighborhood. And Case Keenum's not going to be overwhelmed going back into Minnesota and you know not be able to handle the right. crowd noise and things like that. He's a veteran quarterback. And you know what I'd like to see? We've talked McLaurin and the fantastic rookie season he's having. Another rookie receiver there, Kelvin Harmon. I'd love to see them unleash him. I think he was a steal of a pick in the sixth round. The second half of the season, he deserves to get on the field a lot more. And we're out of time, Matt. Great stuff, as always, from our listeners. Thanks for all the tweets. Apologies to the ones we did not get to. Keep those coming to me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Matt is at WilliamsonNFL. We will be making our picks for all the rest of the games this weekend tomorrow right here. Locked on NFL.